All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. Warner Brothers is putting it all on Don't Worry Darling. We get welcome to Wrexham, and Chris Nolan will either die a hero or live long enough for us to see him become the villain as we rewatch all of his films this week. We watch his classic, The Dark Knight. Here we go. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Doing very well, man. I'm doing great. How are you, bro? I am doing wonderful. Again, so great to have Game of Thrones back. We'll have our Thrones cast up later this week, so check that out. It will be a spoiler-filled episode two, where we talk about all of the political happenings in the second episode. So uh, make sure you guys are paying attention to your podcast feed for that. And also... This is a great time of year to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast or subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get this episode and that Thrones cast and all of our other episodes directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Yeah, I mean apparently it's apparently it's tornado season, so you need a podcast while you're hunkering while you're sheltering in place in your bathroom in the basement. Good lord. So what better what better people to spend your time stressing out about your house being blown over than the Nordy's podcast. Friends. We're calming. We're a calming influence, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. We're usually drunk. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, guys. So we before we get into our, our event here, what are you guys drinking quick? I'm drinking uh, my beer of the summer, finishing off the summer strong. Ooh. I'm going back to school, Fulmer's Lime. We, we go out like we went in. <laughs> yes, you and your <laughs> cleaning out lime. the fridge. Yeah. Lime flavored light beers, beautiful. Um, and that's a good one, dude. I'm over at War Pigs. Okay, one thing that, that is so interesting, I just figured out. So War Pigs makes pretty good beer. You know, they got the foggy geezer and salmon pants, all that shit, dude. I look at here. I'm trying to find the alcohol content. Can't find it, by the way. They don't have it on here. Um, brewed and packaged by Summit Brewing, St. Paul. So what? it was brewed locally but I didn't even consider it a local beer. Anyways, um, this is their High Celebrant Doppelbach Lager. It's one of those big, brown, heavy beers. I don't usually like these, and this one's no different. Let's just be honest, but let's go. All right. But it's liquid, and it's beer. So it's you're got, I just tasted um, it, dude. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's got to be 75 or 8%. Ooh, Jesus. So speaking of 8%, I'm still, you know, we kind of threw this pod together a little uh, haphazardly due to fantasy football draft season, yeah. state <laughs> fair season. Yeah. Tornado season, lots of things kind of colliding at the same time. You got so, our priorities uh, straight. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm finishing up. My gravity still sucks. The modest and wall ride brewing. This is still a great beer. If you see it, it was like thirteen ninety nine, so not unreasonably priced. Uh, great beer. Nice. All right, guys, time to dive into the big event coming up here. Yeah. What, what's what do we need to know, Jim? So the Nordies podcast has partnered with Forgotten Star Brewing. They're right over in Fridley. They're actually like right by Eric's house and where I used to live, like a stone's throw. Um, and yeah, they're having this massive Oktoberfest event. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to go. I think Eric maybe can't go, but Ryan and me, Jim, will be there. So come say hi. It's going to be the 16th of September. And it's like a Friday night thing and then an all-day Saturday thing. And get this, Friday night when I'm going to be there, Nerdy, come on, our guy. Yeah, our guy's gonna be there. So there's nerdy, dude. I love it. So there's gonna be nerdy and cactus blossoms that night. A ton of bands Saturday. Um, It's free to get in. We have this cool table, and there actually are tables available. But 
dude, they're going to be filling steins. There's like a petting zoo, face painting for kids, um, food trucks, games. It's going to be just an all-out party. I can't wait. Hell yeah. Ryan, you'll be there. Let's go. I'll be there. It sounds awesome. And uh, it's that time of year where like you might even be able to wear a vest Ooh. you know, to the event. Maybe it's a little brisk. You know, are you, you got gonna, the boots on? Are you gonna wear your fair state? No, that's too meta. That's too meta. I can't do that. But I'm just, I'm just saying, well, it's that, that fall again? time of year where the Oktoberfest parties are starting to, you know, propagate around the cities. And yeah. Forgotten Star, been to a few events there. They've all been bangers. It's a huge, awesome venue, and we're gonna. Ryan's gonna turn this motherfucker into the October vest. I can't wait. Let's go. <laughs> I am going to go get, I don't know, i, I got to figure out a way to market that because that's beautiful. Yeah, that'll happen. Well, anyways, so join us there for the next three weeks. We're going to be you know, bringing that up, making sure you guys remember about it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Come up and say hi if you're there. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, sticking with the theme, uh, we're going to start with Do We Care, and we're going to start with the big stick of the week for the big story, and that's because of Forgotten Stars Stick IPA. Beautiful. One of their staples. Great beer. So our big stick of the week this week is going to be Game of Thrones getting a renewal for season two already. I mean, it's one of those, like, least surprising news, but obviously it's working. We're psyched. The numbers have been crazy. They're, like, setting records every time. I wonder if they, I wonder if the HBO execs were rightfully a little bit nervous. And not that they didn't think they had a good product, but maybe the appetite after the way things ended. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they thought people might be a little sour on it numbers might come back a little soft initially you know not exactly what they were hoping for um so that being said i think they saw the numbers and they're like okay hit the renew button uh we back we back baby and i'm so glad i want i want this thing to be six seasons yeah yeah i know i think they've got as much content as they want they could go as deep as they want i think they've already promised a lot more um, in different stories, a Jon Snow story on its way. Oh, yeah. Like a, a Thrones prequel. I'm sorry, a Thrones sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can retcon all the things we didn't like. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, so fix everything. I think that, that uh, people will have to tune into our Thrones cast to get deeper into this, but it's obviously great news. And yeah, I mean, everyone is watching this show. They should be. It feels so. I think, cool. I, I think they. Maybe, so maybe my comment was like slightly misguided i think they were just waiting to see the numbers for episode one yeah. before they made the official announcement and they're like okay they like to make everybody everything's, o- everything's okay everything's fine nobody you know nobody panic nothing is fucked here dude it's all <laughs> thing is fucked great reference all right well moving on from that uh, again check out our thrones cast later this week uh, next thing you need to know is that the WandaVision director, Matt Shackman, is going to likely direct the Fantastic Four movie. So did you guys like how WandaVision looked? I I did. Mm-hmm. I really did. I thought he did a brilliant job with a really weird and interesting story. And I'm kind of hoping we get something kind of weird with Fantastic Four because the last time they tried it with this, uh, with you know, with this story, it was unwatchable. Mm. It was really bad. Which story? Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, they've tried Remember it twice. Said, yeah, it was just awful. Oh, yeah. It was so terrible. It was, uh, they haven't made a good one yet. If I was Matt Shackman, I'd be like, thanks for the opportunity. Can I wait for the next property? Like, can I do any X-Men? Give me Jubilee. Give me something else. I feel like this property is a little bit cursed. Um, but, uh, you know, third time's the charm, and 
they actually have talented people involved and good oversight from a you know a studio as opposed to the studios that they've worked with in the past. Uh, I don't know. I think it could be good. I'm like super excited for them to bring it in. It's like X Men is way. I'm way more excited for X Men, but Fantastic Four is up there as well. Wait, Can I, sorry, I don't. I don't want to diverge too far. What about any of the previous iterations of Fantastic Four makes you excited for the next version? That it's in the MCU. Yeah. That it'll be, like, super tied in. Like, I think it's just going to be, like, already a buddy-up movie. They'll, like, bring in cool characters that we know and like that we maybe haven't even met yet to guide them in and partner with them. I think it'll be sick. And they need the villains of the Fantastic Four, right? Doctor Doom? Yeah, he's the best. you got to get Doctor Doom. I I do think that it will be cool. I don't think you're going to get tons of Fantastic Four movies. And I hope it's kind of, like, weird and Guardians of the Galaxy kind of, like, some humor to it. And Mm -hmm. it's, like kind of like off the wall a little bit because um, Guardians of the Galaxy was something no one was excited about and it totally hit, at least in the so. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go. I think I'm a little lukewarm on that for now until maybe there's a little more information on it. I but it. I think I think we care that the WandaVision director has been tapped to do this film. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, keeping it with the MCU, um, they've unofficially announced Wolverine in the MCU. Is that true, Jim? It's pretty, I mean, yes, they, they pretty much did. Um, so I'm watching She-Hulk, which I think we should maybe add to the Rex section. So put it in your notes, okay, Eric? Um, I've been watching it. Episode two was even better than one. It's really entertaining. It's really good. And there was a part where she's like, you know, looking for a job on her PC and you see the corner of it and you see other articles, okay, that like she's looking at. And one of them is about... In the Eternals, remember when, like, that giant Eternal almost exploded out of Earth and then they, like, froze him and he's just, like, yeah. there now? So they're kind of okay. poking fun about that. And the other one was, um, man with steel claws gets into bar fight, whatever, video below. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder who the fuck that is. Let's go. Okay. So that's like that. that's as far as they've gone with it. They've mentioned mutants a couple times in other shows. And now they have, uh, well, seemingly a Wolverine confirmation. So um, it's coming. All right, well, something that's not going to be coming is Resident Evil Season 2 on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> if Eric wrecks one, a show, just give it a minute. Just hang on. Okay, I, this is what I will say, and I did say this on the pod. This show um, took a turn for the worse uh, pretty quickly. Like, this thing was hot out of the gates, and then I thought it got worse and worse and worse and worse. So Okay. Um, sort of like that Dan Brown show, The Lost Symbol or whatever on I Peacock. Knew that, I yeah. knew that that was bad from the get-go. Yeah, you went, you went into that knowing like it was going to be a, working. a D+. You were like, doing your job. Um, I was trying to watch it. I was like, as the resident Dan Brown fan here, yeah. um, I must watch. And whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I'm a hardcore Robert Langdon guy. Did you, read, did you read Inferno? No. Okay, well then you're not a hardcore Robert Langdon guy because I did. Thank you. <laughs> he likes the properties. Okay, he All likes right. when they adapt them for for film and screen and TV. All right, so a movie that I think that we're all pretty excited about on here um, is Don't Worry, Darling. Right? That's yeah. this weird movie that I'm not even really sure what to expect from. But it's like I like a cult cool. in the '60s, kind of like Pleasantville meets I don't know Devil's Advocate or something. Uh, but it's here's why it's making so much Whoa. news. It's all in the news every day because it has like some of the most famous people in the world. So the gossip columnists are like obsessed with this movie. And I guess it's also supposed to be pretty good. But you got Olivia Wilde who like left Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles like right before filming this. Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be in it. That's kind of what the story is. And now it's come out like why was he fired and replaced? 
And I guess it was people felt unsafe or Olivia Wilde felt unsafe with him on set. And to protect Florence Pugh, um, they fired him. And now he's like really gone off the deep end. I just don't know. So like people are, and then like, you know, there's this thing, but why did Florence Pugh make one fifth what Harry Styles made? And, you know, is it even appropriate for her to hire her boyfriend? I mean, this thing is like surrounded by the paparazzi and the gossip columnists. It's nuts. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I threw everything at you. Just all at once. I mean, talk about guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? No shit. I am really excited about this movie. I do think it looks really cool. And the drama makes me want to see it the same amount as wanting to see it. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I will say Shia LaBeouf is one of the only people in the world that makes me feel uncomfortable and unsafe when we're not even <laughs> together. Like, he's already going to bust in at any point. He's just such a loose cannon. Like even him on Hot Ones was a lot. Like he was, he's just so much. I remember so you, years. okay. Who do you want? Who, okay. You have to be trapped in a room for half an hour. Ezra okay. Miller or Shia LaBeouf, who do you take? Oh, I'd way rather be with Shia LaBeouf. I feel like he'd at least be interesting. Well, right. Ezra would probably just fight you right away. He would be like, let's fight right away. Yeah. And then Shia LaBeouf would be like... Um, he'd talk he to you talk- until he somehow got offended by something you said, and then he'd fight you. No, I feel like he would challenge me to a fight, but like in a way that was cool and I would agree with. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> this would be a great story for the podcast. Let's go, Shia. Yeah, no, I think Ezra Miller would like sucker punch me and like pee in a corner or something like that. Dude, <laughs> he's way too much. <laughs> All right. All right. Answer. So the other problem with don't worry, darling is that Warner brothers only has enough money to release two movies for the rest of the year. Yeah. So they're going to release don't worry, darling and black Adam. I think they were going to re- release like Aquaman. And obviously they were going to release um, the, the Batwoman that got canceled altogether and a whole other slate of movies and they moved them all out into like deep into 2023 and kept Black Adam, which they think is their tentpole, and Don't Worry Darling, which they think is their indie, you know, indie awards darling. Yeah. And that's it. And they just moved everything else out and they say they're broke, which is like, dude, WB. I mean, what's happening in the fucking world that WB is broke? It's just like one of the most recognizable names. They've made huge movies forever. It's so strange. And what are they doing? They made like a kabillion dollars off of two Venom movies. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Wasn't that Sony Pictures? Oh, I guess that was Sony. I think that right. was Sony. Right. I thought that I don't was, know. I they, that was made, a Warner They made property. big movies. I, I, I mean, they've had. A, I bet they've had a shit ton of flops too. If I look back, but it um, is surprising. All, Potter, all the recent Harry Potter movies. Oh yeah, so they probably banked all their money into that, and like nobody's going to see those movies. They're like, hey. um... Uh, guys, I think that we should do the first Wizarding War. All of the characters that people know, but they're younger. You're going to hear all of these stories. You're going to see these battles. You're going to see how scary the world was. And they were like, we can't sell those toys. Fire that guy. And then someone's like, hear me out. Fantastic beasts. You know that guy who was in the the Danish girl? Uh, let's get him. Kids would love that. no 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 he played stephen hawking once he's fine yeah (laughs) uh yeah okay when you put it like that i'm sold let's invest our next 10 years into that yeah they're like what is the oh yeah they're like the story will be completely nonsensical and it will only deal with weird creatures that they'll never come back to or you'll never really even hear from again um we're going to change the villains, uh, the actor for the villain, once a movie. And we might bring him back now that he's won his lawsuit. So Johnny Depp's coming back. And they're like, let me let me introduce you to one name. Ready? 
Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, love it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I think that's probably why they don't have any money, though. I think yeah, they've just blown money on um, DC stuff and Harry Potter stuff, and they just they don't have anything that's hitting on all cylinders right now. They should just sell Harry Potter to Universal for, like, all that money that they yeah. need, and then they'll be fine. Yeah, I just don't want any more companies. I want to see them bounce back, because I don't want everything to just get bought up under Disney. Like, that's bad for business, for everything to be under one studio. So I hope that they bounce back, make some good shit, and uh, can kind of be their own player. Agreed. 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 All right, uh, a couple of things with actors and actresses um, in movies. We got Barbie Ferreira leaving Euphoria. What happened here? Yeah, so she was in season one and two. She's not going to be in the in season three. Um, there, I mean, talk about another. This is like an original Don't Worry Darling with the drama on the fucking set of this show. I mean, it's a bunch of teenagers and teenage girls and, you know, mostly girls. Um and it's like, are they, is the working conditions good? Is Are they like really okay with the nudity that's happening? I don't know. There's been a lot of question marks about it. And she was one that was bringing up the most drama, maybe let's say. Like, I don't like my storylines. They want every storyline to be about my weight. And I don't want to do anything about my weight. It's not well, a little more I am. Did we, did we say who she is yeah, on the show? she's Kat, right? So she had yeah. a... Her storylines are like, oh, she doesn't really like her boyfriend that much. Okay. And then her other storyline was like, I'm streaming porn as like a 17-year-old. Like, that's just weird. Um, well, not yeah, not streaming porn. She's like doing like doing fetish fetish work yeah. with old older guys for lots of money. So she didn't like her storylines. She didn't like working on the show. She left. And it's kind of a shame. Also, Although the show also, really won't we, suffer that much. It's just kind of like, did they do her dirty or not? I, I don't know. They wrote her really bad shit. Well, Jimbo, here's the question. Did she not read the season one script yeah. before she was like, yeah, I'll do that? Like, it had to have been, like, mostly written. Like, you're going to be a cam girl. Yeah. Um, here's kind of, here's the rough outline and, and things Maybe like that. Maybe she thought season two would be better or they'd give her more and they gave her much less. Significant. Like, she was hardly in it. Like, so, almost nothing. I don't know how they're going to yeah. write her out of the show that will be interesting to see but uh yeah they're going forward without her and i hope that they can they have now room for another like strong female character or something because she'll she'll be gone so i do care because i like the show i just sometimes feel guilty watching it and feel weird about watching it's like i don't know is everyone happy i mean the, the only check i guess the only good thing is is it's like 23 year olds playing 17 year olds so yes, like it's well, not i don't have to feel you know weird I mean? about but, that part but i mean the show just makes you feel uncomfortable. It's like part of the show. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I see what you, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant about like like the 16 year old girl doing fetish work. Yeah, well, on that camera. does. I mean, you know, if you caught up in the show, it makes you feel weird a little bit, right? And yeah. Then there's also like you're thinking like, okay, somebody's filming this, and is everybody on set? Like, I don't know. It's just because of you heard all this shit, it makes it feel weird. Yeah. All right. Well, you think? Oh, go ahead. You think? Well, I was just gonna say, you think they have a star as big as Zendaya? Maybe I don't know. If if things were as bad and and Sydney Sweeney who is like on the yeah. I don't know rocket ship to the top if you will like if they're not complaining about it I I don't know right. I don't know if I trust the, yeah. like a the fifth choice actress on the show that like oh things are horrible I don't know if nobody Maud Apatow like she's she's not small mm-hmm. you know in terms of like uh, Hollywood influence yeah uh, with her with her dad and herself I suppose that's why so the show is you know doing as well as it is and continues to chug along absolutely all right well speaking of another woman who wants back into a show uh, Carice Van Hooten who played Melisandre the the Red Witch 
on Game of Thrones wants to come back for House of the Dragon uh, to reprise this role. She's like a you know, insanely old being who would have been alive during this time anyways. So she is the one character who could um, find her way into the show. I don't really care either way. It'd be fun if there was like a cool little... Yeah, it you would know. have to feel really natural. Like I wouldn't want it to be to feel too fan servicey. Like if they're going out of their way for it, that would yeah. suck. But if it was like actually this makes a lot of sense, and you know she's just learning her witchy ways, and she you know is going to have some impact on the end game. Um, you know what Game of Thrones did was introduce a shit ton of really cool characters, and then have no idea how to give them their own finishes or own storylines. So they killed them off quick, or they married them off, or they you know gave them seven minutes of like a speech before they went off to go home. Just weird shit yeah. like that. So like, if you're gonna put her in it, give her something to do. Um, it is cool that she maybe doesn't have the ruby yet that keeps her looking um, young. She just is, yeah. well, she's not that young of an actress, but she is younger, right? And she, you know, um, that could be cool. I'm into it. Just make it work, though. It's one of the few characters you could have in both. Maybe the only? Maybe the, maybe only, the only. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, yeah. some of the faceless men, maybe. Ooh, you some could probably have, like, a three-eyed raven guy, but that's kind of a Stark thing now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a Targaryen, also pre- wasn't also he? Also pretty irrelevant. I don't know what he, that guy. Yeah, that was, a, that was one of the Targaryens or some shit went up there. So maybe that'll be into it. I don't know. Hey, we'll save it for the Thrones cast. Let's go. We'll save it. All right, uh, Ryan, you're super excited about this. Jeffrey Dean Morin. I don't even know who that guy is. is Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is joining the boys season four. See, I totally didn't know who he was. <laughs> didn't you watch yeah, Walking this is, Dead? Uh, no. Okay. That's probably for the best for you, but. Well, we did. We watched Walking Dead initially when we were kind of talking about the the initial inception of the screencast. But either way, I digress. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is like the guy that you fly into a show that's like ascending and then he can kill it with a machine gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. I'm not excited about this. I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's lame. I think he sucks. Um, he's maybe like the he comes in like Javier Bardem. Yeah, he's just bad. He, he came into The Walking Dead and that was when Jimbo and I pieced out of that show quickly um, as like one of the characters in the either comics or novels or whatever it was that was like very iconic yeah. and he blew it and ruined it. Um, he's very bland and I'm sad that the boys has had to stoop to the level of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, who's the actor that <sighs> so plays, I don't know who's the actor that plays um, Soldier Boy again? Stephen Armel or- J- Jen- Jensen Ackles. So Jensen yeah. Ackles like he was on shitty WB shows, wasn't he? For sure. And he's doing a pretty good job. But you got to remember, I think yep. that, like, the boys knows it's a B. I think they know yeah. it's a B plus or whatever it is. And yeah. they're okay hiring, like, competent TV actors to be in the show. Like, they don't need to win awards. And I think sometimes they, I they wish... shoot a little too low with their hiring. But there, there's part of me that wishes John Cena didn't have um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker so that he could he could do a season of the boys, I think he'd be uh, fantastic. He would really help the show. He could, I mean, he could do it. It's not like they're in the same universe. He could totally do it. No, um, but anyway, I digress. I, I I don't care about Jeffrey Dean Morgan joining the boys. Um, I think it's I think it's bad. I think it's, uh, it's, it's overall. It's, I think it, yeah. I think his character's going to be unlikable, and it's not going to be was, good for the show. You know, I actually thought I liked him. Remember back when Watchmen came out, like the original movie? He was pretty yeah. good in that. He was the comedian in that. I liked him there. But yeah, hated him in Walking Dead. Haven't liked him since. Hasn't done much since. So it doesn't help. I'm not excited about this. But I, I'll still watch season four. I don't. It'll be good. yeah. Agree. It's a beat. They're filming already. There you so. go. 
I mean, I'm going to for sure watch it. I don't know how many other ways they're going to be able to, like, kill people with, like, the bod- their bodies blown up or, like, their dick getting blown off or their arm getting ripped off. But I'm here for it. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. Um, all right. How about this? Curbed uh, is renewed for season 12. Sick. Curbed Brilliant. As I'm coming back. Can we, can we get John Hamm back? Oh, he'll be yeah, back. Yeah, he'll be back in, in some little short John Hamm doesn't even act he just does cameos for fun and then weird commercials like he just i i think he just literally parties all the time or i don't know what his life is like but he doesn't do movies he just does cameos and small roles and like holy shit it's john ham like he made his bankroll off of uh what was the advertising mad men or whatever yeah and he's like i'm all set i'll just do like 15 minutes in bridesmaids and yeah. 10 minutes of a of a curb episode, you know, 10 minutes of screen time total right. of an entire episode. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, that's all I need. I'm, I'm, I'm all set. I'm pretty sure John Hamm has only played two characters ever. Um, the guy he is, I can't think of the guy in, in um, Mad Men. Sure. Uh, Don Draper. Sure. So he plays he plays Don Draper and he plays John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. Those are the only roles he has. Well, and I suppose like he was he was the detective guy in the town. That's a that's a version oh, of Don so Draper. Deep. No one that, remembers that, just, that shit. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I mean, every other role has failed. Like he's been in other things, but the only roles he'll ever be remembered for are Don Draper and John. Hamm. And he's classic at playing John Hammond. He's so good at it. And John Hamm is, has just taken uh, the appropriate parts of Don Draper. Uh, and just that's who he is now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, someone else we love uh, who could play themselves anytime, and they will be playing themselves, I believe, um, in Only Murder season three, and that is Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd! You think he'll be playing himself? So you finish season t- two? I don't know if he's gonna be playing himself. Maybe. I mean, he's like a post-credit scene okay. guy. In t- All right. So, Thanks for spoiling that for me. I appreciate that. I haven't finished the season, but now I'll be like, I'll make sure I'm really not surprised when I see Paul Rudd. That'll be cool. It was like, um, it was like, uh, it was like, you know, finding out Harry Styles was in a post credit scene. Uh, in And guess uh, what? I was pissed about that too. I would have liked to have been surprised by Harry Styles. I would have loved it. <laughs> but I watched the movie eight months after his release because I was not excited to see it. So there's. That. I don't think that I don't think that um, based on where you're at with only murders that anything could get you excited to watch it. Yeah, I need to get through where I'm at right now. Yeah, if it's Amy Schumer that did, did that killed the person, I'm gonna be upset. And don't even make a face right now. Don't make a face. Don't spoil. I'm not, I'm not you made a face. face. It's her. I didn't even know Amy Schumer was in it. So Jesus Christ, <laughs> now you guys are spoiling everything. Um, no, backing up, backing up, in it. backing up just a second. John Hamm is going to be in the new season of Fargo. Hey. What? As, As John himself. Hamm. <laughs> yeah. uh, character's name is Roy. Wow. So not John Ham. He's going to reveal at the Roy, end. The twist Roy Ham. Like actually, I'm not Roy. I'm John Ham. I'm yeah. an actor from Hollywood. Yeah. How are you? John Ham and Steve from Stranger Things. I'm kind of in right now, dude. Would you watch this season? Yes. Oh, I will. Please. I hope it's just so fucking good. And everyone texts me and says, "Damn, Jim, you are right. Fargo is amazing." That's what I hope for. God Almighty, John Ham was the narrator for Legion. Jesus Christ. Silky. So All right. Uh, how about this? Uh, King Kong live action TV show in the making. Eric, do you take it away? How excited! I, this is going to be atrocious. This yeah. is going to be unwatchable. <laughs> you love large monsters fighting in small cities. I love. I hate when we try to give a positive story to a monster destroying everything. Right. Like that's what I don't need. 
can we just keep them evil? I don't want to feel bad when they kill the thing. But one time, also, didn't you know that one time they chose not to kill a little girl? And then they went and killed 10,000 people after, though? Yeah. Yeah, then they stomped on every bit of infrastructure, kicked cars off of bridges, <laughs> hobbled buildings. You're worried people. about the infrastructure. Well, it's a lot of money. It's uh, tax dollars. You know? <laughs> right. They just topple a whole city. Uh, no one who's injured can get any help because every road has been crushed. And then it's like that yeah. that meme of the guy from the cricket game with that's like harumphing, and it was like mm-hmm. when the Hulk throws your car at the bad guy and misses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, this. I couldn't care less about this, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, don't care. Don't care. And then. Uh, Keeping it with something I don't care about that's a similar type of thing. Planet of the Apes mm. um, has a new film coming. Andy Serkis got a you guys hated those. You guys hated those movies. I loved them. I I've thought never they were seen great. Them. I've never, I've never watched. I them. thought they were good. You know I thought they were. James Franco is. I thought they got better, and I thought the last one was a, a phenomenal movie. And when, how many times you watch it? Just the once. I've seen it. I think twice. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're like above average action-ish movies. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. I don't know. I don't really like when they give all these like apes personalities and they're like, I, they expect me to care about them. I find it hard to care about them. And then they like die and I'm supposed to be emotional. And I just like, I'm not care at all about the apes. Um, and then there's no humans in it. Mm. Cause it's like so far along at this point, there's like two humans left. So, and they're complete dickheads they're the too. They're like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing, apes? What are you, hoo, 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 yeah. hoo. And then the ape rips his face off, and you're like, oh, that guy kind of deserved it. Right, that. exactly. And now I'm cheering for the apes again, even though I don't care that they are going to die. So, yeah, uh, I don't care about this one either. You're right. But I think Matt Reeves made all those, and he's too busy with DC, so I don't know who's going to make this movie. Yeah, this is going to be atrocious. I don't care about any of this stuff. I've never you didn't even it. watch them. Don't, don't see don't. a single Planet of the Apes movie. Don't atrocious <laughs> me when you haven't yeah, watched it, Aaron. He goes, these are atrocious. Oh. <laughs> just such a stupid story all right guys it's time to move on to hot wrecks and not wrecks and we have you know what eric real quick the next movie that i think they're going to make is godzilla versus the apes oh. and i think <laughs> okay they kind of are yeah all right so here we go hot wrecks not wrecks this week we're gonna start with she hulk i watched episode one and i liked it oh you did i did i, I did too it. oh and you it. haven't but now here it is. Here They came out on Thursday of last week. It's now Sunday, and you haven't watched episode two. Did, Did not catch episode two yet. Don't that even know what day they come out. Don't know what day they come out yet, but I will be watching it. Okay. I'm watch it. Do I, 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 I episode watched episode two a lot more. Okay. I watched episode one on Thursday, or Wednesday, and so and then we went to the cabin oh, and the whole thing, so I didn't get a chance to... I didn't get, get a chance to... The reception's not great. I don't have the, the Wi-Fi and the satellites that you got... At your quote unquote cabin. I watched Dark Knight AKA. up there on my phone. I had to go to bed. So, I was really tired and then I went and did that. That was great. But so uh, I think the Mark Ruffalo is one of the worst things that's ever happened to the MCU. Hmm. And I thought somehow She Hulk managed to pull a light, fun hearted story out of the depths of something that could have sucked really badly. Um, except that, like, the viewership is either at or below Hawkeye, which is the worst. That's what you're hearing? That that Marvel has, has had. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was at, like, just maybe just above Hawkeye or, like, slightly below, but it's somewhere in that range, which is not good. No, that's not um, good. I didn't know that. For, for viewership. But, it doesn't really surprise um, me. I, I mean, we talked about, hey, who are they even making this for? It doesn't really seem to have an, a direct audience, but 
I didn't think I was the audience, and I am. I really like it. I think it's funny. I think I, I'm already like kind of into the character and what she's going to do. And then you bring in I think she's so talented. Who's the actor that played um, Abomination back in those movies back in the day? He's like a British actor. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to remember, but he is really good. He like did a bunch of Tarantino stuff back in the day. Whatever. He is great, and he is going to bring a lot to this show. So definitely watch episode two, you guys. Let me know what you think. Um, if you're listening right now, watch it, catch up, let me know what you think. Because I'm very pleasantly surprised. I'm enjoying this so far a lot more than Falcon, and I'm enjoying it more than Hawkeye, too. So I will say I liked how she got her powers. Like, they didn't screw around with that. It seems pretty straightforward. Yep. When Mark Ruffalo was, like, training her... It was like trying to injure her, or like was like, oh, take that, cousin, you know, or like that shit just made me want to like fucking throw up on my keyboard okay. as I was watching. So you didn't this. like the training but, montages, got it? No, but like they did it like, oh, he's got a private island where where he can hit her with a full tree trunk, you know, sixty miles, you know, across, and it's not going to kill any buildings. Yeah, uh, like that was all kind of silly, but. I think overall, She-Hulk herself is miles ahead of Mark Ruffalo's like Smart Hulk or whatever, yeah. um, and so I'm excited to see where she goes as long as it's far away from Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo. Yeah, I don't need like uh, you know how they're doing like the Marvels with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau and whatever yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah, no. I don't want them to do that. I don't want to see the Hulks. I want to see like no. She-Hulk do her thing, and she can distance herself from Hulk. Hulk is gonna, I think, actually. I think what they're going to do with this is set up the Hulk to actually have a storyline going forward where he never has his own. Um, and it might be good. I mean, don't like Mark Ruffalo. Really, in most everything, he's really boring to me. But, you know, it could be it could be the best he's gotten, you know, the best chance he's gotten. My favorite thing uh, was I saw someone made a video of this and said, what happened to you, Hulk? And then it was a video from the first Avengers movie where the spaceship is, like, flying and he turns into the Hulk walking slowly yeah. and then punches the entire spaceship and it like sends like a like reverb through the whole thing and he stops yeah. an entire spaceship that's like, you know... This is a, a great scene in, in Avengers 1. I remember it, yeah. Yep, so that scene. And then they showed him trying to stop her drive the SUV. And <laughs> she just like Wrangler! <laughs> and like... And he like, like, ends up on the hood. He's like, oh! The hood and he gets launched yeah. and it's like, guy could literally stop an entire spaceship. And now a Jeep is well, too much for they've, they've sillified all the characters, and people complain about that a little bit. Like, dude, why does everybody... Like, the Abomination, um, sillified. Like, he's, he's like, no, I do yoga now. Like, I'm... No, I don't turn to the... You know, he... He's yeah. very silly, and it works for this show. But then you take it out of context, and you're like, "That's not the Hulk that I know." You know what I mean? So I get yeah. it. You got to make some compromises for the tone of the show you're doing. All right, uh, what about Welcome to Wrexham, dude? Well, you guys know. I mean, you guys are uh, you know soccer fans or English football yeah. fans, and yes. um, FX made a documentary about a real life event that is, that happened like what a year and a half ago, two years ago. Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds got together and bought an English football team. This is not a football team you'll have heard of because they're not in the champ- or the English Premier League. They're not in the, what is next, the Champions League it's called, I think? The Championship. The Championship. They're not in whatever's below that or below that or below that or below that. They're like six levels down. 
and what they really want to do more than anything is jump up to the next level where it's like you could possibly think about you know jumping up and getting into those higher of levels. Of course they do. There's a lot of money in that. There's a lot of money. And the show it's it's on FX and therefore Hulu. So we'll probably I've been watching it on Hulu. Uh is just wonderful. I mean, it is so good. It's sports documentary at its finest. It has the benefit of two like really charismatic leads. Um obviously acting as themselves, but they're funny people. They're charismatic people. And they really care about this town. And they, like, spend time in the town. And they meet people. And they hear their stories. And, um, you know, there's the politics of the club to contend with. And do they do the people want them there? Well, yes, because they have money. And that's what they need most of anything. But beyond that, like, beyond the money, do they really have a connection to the team? Um, I only watched two episodes, but I will probably binge watch this the first chance I get because it's excellent. And, uh, yeah, Welcome to Wrexham is uh, is going to be a big show. It's going to be a, a real... Maybe it's a niche show, but it's a really, really good show. Yeah, and two really likable. Like, yeah. Would you... Here, here's an honest question. Would you even consider watching this show if Eric and I hadn't gotten you into, like, quote-unquote, the world of English football? Mm, that's a very good question. I, I, think, I think I probably wouldn't have turned it on. No, I think if I had would Jimmy, would Jimmy Channels watch the the all or nothing Arsenal no, on no, you know Amazon have, Prime? Never would have watched well, that, which I still haven't really. If so. it's if it's if it's Liverpool, let's just say it's Liverpool, Fuck you yeah. probably wouldn't have watched that. Um, you know, without being a Liverpool yeah, supporter, even helps, if it was like but, really good. You know, they they make it for an audience of like English football works like this. Here's the tears. They make fucking infographics with like you know here's the tears and like all that stuff to to catch you up. So. And even if you are an English football fan, you might not know how the mechanics of five leagues lower works, you know? Um, yeah. So this is like the lowest tier of professional uh, football. And a tier below that is like truly amateur shit. So, um, but, but the other hand is they have an awesome stadium. Yeah, they have like they have crazy. they have like a top notch like they have, they have, the they have lots international of... stadium or something in the, the world. So and they've got a pretty good size amount of like seats and fans that can go to their matches. Yeah, so. so it is pretty cool. I think that like it was obviously a really well thought out purchase from these two dudes. Like, dude, just our fame and our money alone will make them better, which I think is the hope. But we don't know. I, you know, that's a big experiment. So, dude, I'm into it, dude. And they're the dragons. That's Imagine cool. if they teamed up with Game of Thrones. This thing could really take off. Let's I can't go. believe that you you went with They're the Dragons and then you went with Imagine. Imagine. Yeah, Imagine Dragon. I get it. Oh, that's not a band as far as I'm concerned. That's your favorite band as far as you're concerned. All right, uh, you also <laughs> watch Licorice, Licorice Pizza, Jim. Yeah, so uh, what's this guy's name? The director? Like, he's such a big deal. P- Come on, someone please. Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, P.T. Anderson. So I try to watch, you know, these art movies. Like, this is supposed to be a big movie from a big director. Um... God, it's just, like, it's kind of insufferable sometimes with these, like, intentional indie movies. You know, it's kind of like, um, to, to summarize the plot, I guess it's sort of almost well, so famous let's, let's just meets, like, Rush. Put, put a little bit, put a little backdrop yeah, on this. Paul, Tam, Paul Thomas Anderson directed There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Like, I mean, one of the most renowned films of the last 25 years, and now he's doing something called Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a story of, like, an older... Like well, she, she probably I guess she's like twenty eight, twenty five, whatever year old gal that meets this like fifteen year old boy 
who, like, really wants to date her, but she's like, hold off, no, 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 until they get together. So it's a little bit, like, you can't make the movie the other way. You can't have a 25-year-old guy courting a 15-year-old girl. Um, but I'm somebody that thinks it's a little creepy anyways, with a girl <laughs> as the older. Um, anyways, so the movie's a little weird. Um, I, there was definitely, like, very funny moments. Like, they, it's kind of dry, and they kind of, like, hold back on it being outright funny because it's supposed to be indie, and it's supposed to be dry, and kind of, and they, you know, linger on a hug for, like, a long time because it's an art movie. Uh, so I got a little bored. Definitely funny at times. I don't think it's, like, his best work, and I don't think it's a wreck. Uh, the leads are both, like, just really ugly people. Like, I don't know how to, like, I don't know why they cast them necessarily. Like, they're pretty talented. I thought they were good, but um, I don't know. I don't know the future for these people in Hollywood. I can't wreck this movie, unfortunately. I, it is free. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now for free, so there's that. You could watch it without paying anything. Um, and I think it was, I think it was at least nominated for best picture did not win that or much else, but eh, ultimately it's a not wreck. All right. That's fine. I wasn't going to watch it anyways, though. So let's move on <laughs> to a new game this week. It's the forgotten star game this week. What do we got? Who's the forgotten star of the week? All right. So we're going to do, uh, you know, a, a celebrity. They're not necessarily like long begot forgotten here, but this is, the idea is I'm going to give clues, and you guys have a chance, as I give each clue, to make a guess at who this celebrity is. They could be from any era. Um, they could be from, they could be man, woman, or they, there. Uh, but I'm going to start it out, okay? But, but again, when is the date of this uh, Forgotten Servant? Dude, the date that I'm going to be there is the 16th of September. I'll be there about 5 p.m. to close, so come say hi. A huge party the next day on Saturday as well for their Oktoberfest. Nerdy there Friday? Dude, nerdy's there Friday. Can't wait to say hi. Great guy. All right. Our our final guest pre-pandemic. I know. Isn't that crazy? Nerdy. Yeah. And look look what we've done for him. I mean, his career is real. I mean, we have have catapulted him into the stratosphere. Oh... Look at Craig Kilborn. I mean, he did our pod. Now he's got his own pod. He's on ESPN. I mean, he started he with realized, us. He realized what a gem of a podcast we had yeah. and was like, Wow, listen, I should really get out more. I can't I can't take their thing. I'm too respectful. So I'm going to have to do my own. So he waited, and now he's, he waited a year and a half and then copied us anyway. No, I'm just kidding. He's great. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like you don't want to, you don't want to be accused of infringement, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like copying our our shtick. All right, so, all right. So this let's is the go. Forgotten star. I hope that these these clues are not too easy or too hard. Okay, I'm gonna establish right away. Born October seventh, nineteen seventy. Quick math, you have an idea of the age. Any guesses now? Probably not yet, right? Okay, um, I'm gonna guess. Um, uh, I, have, I don't have a guess. Okay, Sorry. that's fine. Um, oh no, no, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess uh, Macaulay Culkin. Okay, no. Uh, guess clue number two broke out by writing and starring in a hit movie. Ben Affleck. Mm, good guess, but he's not a forgotten star. Number three count. has played Loki two times. Matt Damon. Fuck. Let's go. Oh, I was so close. I was gonna go. Uh, my my clues were way too easy. Who got it, Eric? Yeah, Eric got it. Okay. Yeah. That was beautiful. Wait, Man, I had I had so many other clues worked out here. Can we can we get some of them? So yeah, I'll give you. So by the way, interesting that he that you guessed Loki or guessed him because dude, he played Loki in um, Dogma back in the day, and he played Loki playing Loki, right. whatever. In, yeah, so yeah, 
the pl- the play, yeah. whatever it was. Pretty good. Yeah. So I had you know his charities that he's active in. Born in Massachusetts, I thought that would have been a clue, a good clue. Oh 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 oh! Did you say born? In Massachusetts, oh, I oh. yes, yeah, I could have been Jesus like, Christ, yeah, that's a like, meta clue. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> oh, I had a bunch. Yeah, um, would you have gotten? Would this been again a good? Okay, a good clue. Appeared as himself in season six finale of Entourage. Ryan, would that have clued you in? Yes, because he was he was yelling at Adrian Grenier of like, "Come on, just like be professional about it," okay. and like so everyone thinks that that scene from the show is real. Of Matt Damon yelling at Adrian Grenier ah. when it was actually like part of the show, so like it'll pop up on Reddit or every once in a while, like every once in a while of like Matt Damon Cusses not out. not not giving any fucks about you know whatever, and it's like that was from the show, you idiots, and everyone's like, oh my god, Matt Damon's such a boss. You know, would, anyway. would this have done anything for you? I was going to give you some of his lesser known films as a later clue. The Monuments Men, The Great Wall, and Stillwater. Do you guys even well, remember got, those movies? I would have got. The I got the Great first Wall. two, The Monuments Men and The Great Wall for sure, because he was like the leading star of that. But he was also, yeah. I remember him being on the late night shows with like um, John Goodman and George Clooney and all of those guys for The Monuments. So Men. if you guys had had literally not gotten it by now, my last clue is going to be his likeness appears in the film Team America. Where he could only say his own name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so good. <laughs> well done, dude. All right, I'll try to make them a little America! harder for next week. That was fun. I think Fuck that was a good yeah. experiment. All right, Tom. So, um, finally, guys, it's time for Are You Rewatching Closely? This week we watched Whoops. The Dark Knight. We're doing our Chris Nolan rewatch, and we watched The Dark Knight. Last week we watched um, The Prestige. You loved it. All of us were in the 90s. Jim, you gave it a 98. <laughs> I did. This week we are watching The Dark Knight. A movie everyone has seen like 200 times. And just for reference, Eric and I ranked Coffee at 99. Yeah. And Jimbo ranked The Prestige at 98. So that's where that's at. Just just for perspective for everyone listening. I mean, it's that good. It's a perfect, almost a perfect movie. My 100 yeah. rating is still out there. All right. Uh, so The Dark Knight, um, this movie, we don't have to describe it to you guys because you guys have watched it so many times. But it did make me think a little bit more this time. I really tried to be critical mm. when I watched this, okay? Um, one, I know that this has been said by every person on Earth, um, but again, the performance uh, by... Um, Heath, Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger is legendary. It's it's as good as it gets. When he grabs Maggie Gyllenhaal by the face, um, when he walks into the room, and she looks... Like by her, by her cheeks? Yeah. And, yeah. and she looks so genuinely uncomfortable by him. Um, I almost wonder, like, what, how much of it was just he was just well, so. Nolan's keeping. a good director, right? Nolan might be like, I don't want Maggie to see him on set in costume, so that this yeah. moment is real. I w- would not surprise me at all. She was, that could have that could have been the first shot, yeah. that they had in the in the entire film. Sure, yeah. Um, all of that is so good. Every little like ad libby interaction he has in the movie is so perfect. Mm. Um. I will say, like, the tech really works for me in this movie. Love it. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Totally agree. Bit of tech in this movie. I was, like, so glued in to everything. All the conversations with him and Lucius about the suits and, like, the things he needed the suit to be able to do and the missions he was trying to pull off. It's all all so earned. You know what, like, is, you know what sucks in a movie? Like, when your hero's, like, up against the wall 
it looks like they're fucked, and then they like deploy some ridiculously OP power that they you didn't know that they had. Yeah, and you're like, why don't you do that? To start? Like, why didn't you do that right away? Right, that shit. Like, even like when you think about the skyhook that they did to extract Lao in China, that was awesome. Like, dude, they earned it. They talked about it first. They went in with mm-hmm. a plan. They used it. It was super fucking cool in it practice. Cool. But like, if you had just done that without the scenes where they earned it, where they talked about it. It would have been like, oh, that was cool, but like, whatever. Like, you, you just wouldn't have had the same impact at all. And to, to piggyback on that, the Skyhook is an actual, real technology that I, I don't know whatever really? whatever branch of the military came up with. It has been used in other pieces of film as well, um, either via TV show or or movies. Um, probably not executed as well. Yeah. Um, in that same regard. And then it was also kind of recycled a little bit in The Dark Knight Rises, um, kind of in the opening, you know, Bane scene. Yeah. Um, with the with the whole, you know, plane hijack thing. But anyway, my point was, this was not, this was not something that, like, they just made up. This was an actual military device that had been used previously with, like, the scissor on the front of the plane to grab the thing and... And yanked the person up with the light up buoy. That was actual like real life military technology that had been utilized. That's sick. I didn't even know that. So I think that uh, the opening scene is one of the greatest in movie history. I mean, it's it's the mo- it's one of the most iconic ten minutes yeah. in film history to open a movie that I've ever seen. And I think where I I found myself having the most respect for Nolan specifically is this isn't a Batman rewatch for us. This is a Chris Nolan rewatch. Right. Where is yep. he on as a director? I can like I can hear the the it's not really music, but like the sound that's playing in that opening. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it's yeah. like that horn sound that like goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, and it kind of like comes in with that when they're on top of the building and stuff. Well, it and it and it's building, it's building yeah. the entire time. It's slowly kind of crescendoing. I think he is so masterful with his use of um, sounds and um, his like ability to make situations feel so tense um, and important and. Uh, how he plays and he will continue to play with like what Ryan was just saying, like that tapping noise thing. Like he plays with Mm -hmm. watches. He plays with anything that makes it feel like seconds are ticking by. He loves the idea of the sound of time. And I think like that is so brilliant. And like, I really found myself like enjoying how great he is with the score of the movie and like how he sets himself apart. And that's, that's Hans Zimmer, right? I think, I think, Chris Nolan has very little to do with the, score. the composition, yeah. like the composition of the score. Yeah. Now, in the editing room, like how that gets applied to the film, I'm guessing he has a lot of input. But I think he lets Hans kind of do his own thing, which is also brilliant of yeah. like, here's here's what the film is entailing. You score it however you feel. Like he did it with Dune. He's done it with Interstellar. I mean, he's he's soundtracked most of the Nolan films that we're going to end up watching here moving forward. So I think Eric, Eric, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head that it is, it's only an addition to what is already a very well-constructed movie that they're then able to up the intensity with a fire, you know, soundtrack kind of behind it Mm -hmm. where you're just like, Oh my God. 
it's all of these elements, right? It's it's sight, sound, touch, feel, emotion, like everything is kind of coming together as one and you can't you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I would say that I really realized this time was that I haven't liked either of the ending. Like, he's so good at ending movies, but I don't know if I like how he's ended the two Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, it's I it's got... Week. That's why I would maybe knock it down a little bit, because the first and second act are just, like, maybe the best that's ever been done. And then yes. the third act, you're kind of like... You know, the Joker has pulled off so many things in this movie well that it's just, like... It's almost unbelievable by that point that he sets up the fairy situation. Fairy situation is so stupid. And didn't they do a fairy situation in Spider-Man? Well, they had a fairy, but that was after. No, but wasn't that in the the earlier Spider-Man, the one where they're like all on a fairy? Am I making this up on like well, one of the original? Was, that was Homecoming, where he like yes, that's thinking, the first Tom Holland. I'm one. thinking of the original three. Aren't there I don't a scene think like so. Um, anyway, here, I'm, I just I, as I was watching, I made a list of Joker accomplishments. Okay. Okay. I'll read it quick. Stole $64 million from the bank and the mobsters. Convinced the mob to hire him. Killed some of the mobsters and took over their people. Poisoned the commissioner. Carbombed the judge. Terrorized the dead party all at the same time. Uh, yeah. Kidnaps nine policemen and infiltrates the funeral parade and shoots Gordon. Then escapes. Steals and sets fire to a fire truck. Steals a garbage truck. Steals a semi. Destroys the tumbler. Takes out a helicopter. Kidnaps Harvey and Rachel and sets up bombs for them simultaneously. Um, gets caught on purpose, then escapes. Get citizens to try to kill that rat, that guy that was going to think. Remember that thing? Yep, yep. Blows up an entire hospital. Mm-hmm. Kidnaps yeah, Harvey Dent out of there first. And then he goes on to set up the entire fairy bomb situation. Dude, the guy is like 25 for 25. Unbelievable role. The, the fairy bomb situation and then the building Yeah, and then on the, top of that, right, too. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, maybe when you look at that, it's like, this guy for him to like kind of be like i'm just an agent of chaos i'm not in a planning it's yeah. like um yeah. no yeah. you're an amazing planner you're like the best project manager i've ever fucking heard dude that's why yeah. I, I was thinking like everything with him is about chaos and how chaos is fair it's like dude and there's it's- no room for error you must be the well, most but ocd motherfucker alive yeah. Yeah. but let's 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 remember the genius of the Joker is that's what he's trying to present, mm-hmm. not True. what's actually going on, right? Yeah. Like him, him burning the money is a symbol, not a literal metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's meant to evoke a response, not for you to take at a hundred percent face value. All right, I got a question for you guys. I'm going to give you three of the quotes, and I want you to pick for the most iconic because. As I'm watching this, I'm like, fucking banger, iconic line. Banger, iconic line. Here's just here's just a few of them. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, some men want, to, men want to watch the world burn. Uh, you live long enough iconic. to see yourself become the villain. Night is darkest before the dawn. Or the hero they deserve. Which one the first, is the most the iconic? One. The first one. Yeah, I think it's the some first one. Some men want to watch the world burn. Yeah, it's so good. I would say live well, long and, enough and to, and I to think... see yourself become the villain is the most iconic line out of it. It probably is because I think he put it in like four of his songs. I feel like, and then like you know, I think it became. I think it actually became the more iconic line because that's what Christopher Nolan was writing to. Yeah, but I think the best line, the the most iconic line was like "Some men want to watch the world burn." Is like one percent of his amazing two minute speech about the guy that was throwing the rubies out, and then he gets like, like, "How'd you solve that?" we no, like it was. It, you're like, oh shit! Yeah. It no, but he was like, he was like, 
the for the first time he was like perhaps you don't understand mr wayne mm-hmm. you know when we were in burma we met this guy who was you know whatever and he was throwing the rubies out yeah and so like that whole metaphor i think is is one of the most iconic yeah. minute and a half a uh, monologues yeah i love it yeah what monologues especially because it's given by michael kane he's so good it, which was perfect and so i think i think that line resonates more with me but i i can't necessarily disagree with you if if because of the line that that carries with over to the the dark knight rises mm-hmm. with uh you know you eventually become you know the enemy kind right, of thing so right. um so my my biggest complaint though is that like the movie is really complicated and the story is really complicated but he does such a masterful job at like making sure that you understand all of its complexities right you know for like the whole movie until the end of the movie, which I found myself confused. And I kept being like, I've seen this movie so many times. How come I don't know what's going on? So they go to the building and the Joker's in a building. And then suddenly out of nowhere, even though he's really busy and got in a car accident, Batman breaks into his own place and then builds a supercomputer using every person's cell phone. Then well, he had done that earlier. He had been oh, working on that and they referenced it. And they're like, he's. They're like, well, you're playing. I'm playing this one pretty close to the chest, Alfred. Okay, okay. He had been building it, so he builds that. Lucius comes in. He gives him control. Of that says, I need your help. Then they have fairies of people. The whole city fits into two fairies, pretty much. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the whole city. It's it's symbolic. Yeah, I, no, right. I, I it's. It. But then he goes to this building, and he's like, he's on the west side. So he drives to this building. He meets up with the police who also have found this building already and are ready to like go in with snipers, even though mm. Batman, using a super weapon, just found where the building was. Then mm. they're like, oh, the the clowns, they have guns. We're going to shoot them all. And he's like, give me a minute. He flies into the building, instantly finds out that the clowns are the hostages. I don't know what... Then there's like fighting between all these groups. The police SWAT unit... He's beaten the absolute fuck shit. Out of them. He's killing the cops, dude. I mean, and then, well, I think I think what that was meant to symbolize was that the Joker had people in the police force. I kind of think that's what it was been, yeah. supposed to yeah. do, but I that's what I I couldn't piece that together. And I was like, the movie was so well organized until now, where it's kind of chaos, and I and not in a good way. Like I'm confused yeah. who's on whose side. At one point, he ties all of their feet to these this rope and then throws a dude out the window and then they all go out the window and I was like oh that's nice none of them got hurt you see the dudes falling 40 feet and hitting the side of the building with like a force that would kill you and I'm like he's just killed a lot of guys were they good or were they bad cops I'm not even sure then he has the the supercomputer on he finds the Joker and the dogs he runs up to them wearing the computer mask thing and can't see yeah <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a very uh, Westworld season it three like, yeah, the mask uh, can't come type of scenario. He yeah. can't see, and he's trying to fight in like digital like reality. And then the dogs jump on him, and then it turns off. And then he's like, "Oh crap!" And he tries to turn it back on and go fight the Joker. And the Joker trips him, and he falls almost off a building. <laughs> and then the Joker just puts a metal thing on top of his chest, and that was their entire fight. Yeah, well, the fight was quick, but they, that's that's par for the course with Joker and Batman fights. As soon yeah. as he I mean, Eric, if you want, him, he d- defeats him right away. Yeah, and, and I think if you want to do this, we could go. We could go 
James Bond fight by fight. Oh, that would be you know, really and bad. go I mean, and go minute ugly. by minute and be like, why? It's more, why did he it's kick a Game him? Of Thrones situation, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, five seasons of perfectly thought out, well constructed, evenly paced yeah. political drama, and then you're like, dragons blowing shit up for no reason because it's fun. <laughs> like that's a little bit what it felt like, and it is a little yeah. jarring. I agree. I agree. I totally agree that it that it sometimes feels a little hokey, but I think the whole goal was to. A, expose the Joker's notion of people doing the wrong thing for being selfish mm-hmm. is number one. And then number two was that the minute the Joker ran out of tricks, yeah. Batman was able to overcome him very easily. Yeah. Like there was there was not a physical component to that. Um, even though the Joker tried to portray that with like the hit me, you know, and was like trying to act tough, but he really wasn't that tough. Um yeah. So I think that was that was where that was going, and Batman clearly proved outside of the 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 jailhouse, you know, the the prison. Uh, what do you call that? Like where he was questioning him, mm-hmm. and he beat the shit out of him. That was all for show. Like the Joker was taking that on purpose. Yeah. I think in the building, the Joker like wanted to retaliate but couldn't, and was eventually overpowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, overall, I thought this movie again. I've seen yeah. it a million times. It's so good. I think I'm going to give it a 95. Oh, I me mean, too. It's so good. Yeah. I'm at 95 too. I think that's perfect. I that's think a perfect it, score. I think it, I'm not, I don't know. I, mean, I have to like think about this more than just in this moment, but I I think it's probably the best superhero movie that there is. I mean, it's so critical for where movies went. It's so well done. It took, you know, he took a franchise that was silly, tight wearing, silly, like weird, you know, mobster villains yeah. and like hokey pow bang stuff. And then like Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy stuff, you know, like yeah. everything about Batman was pretty cheesy and he turned it into something that was like kind so of realistic. And yeah. And it's, it's really, really, really good. So, and again, again, even if you loved Batman Begins, mm-hmm. right. And I think we all gave it a fair score for what it was. The, when you're in the theater and you're watching that opening ten minutes of The Dark Knight, you're like, "Holy shit!" I'm in a I'm in a realm. It was like the first time watching The Matrix in the theaters. Like I'm in a, I'm in a realm that's completely different from anything else that I've seen. Even though I'm at a fucking Batman movie, like a comic book movie. Yeah. You you felt you immediately felt transported that this world a could exist and is really fucking awesome. Yeah. In that they in that it. regard. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, really, really amazing movie. Really no major complaints except for, you know, to have like a third act be a B when the rest of it is an A is a little rough. But that's – it doesn't knock it. I mean, it's just fantastic. Also, Maggie Gyllenhaal. She sucks too. She might be worse than fucking Rachel Rachel Dawes from the first movie. It's Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes? Yeah, I don't know. She's, I don't know. It's a it's 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 a C minus versus a C. I mean, to have know, a character I mean, there just so she can die to make Batman more sad. It's just a whole the whole thing is she had no chance. Yeah, true. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have. This next week we'll be watching Inception, which I haven't seen in a really long time. I know. So I'm cool. so excited to watch it because it's been so long. I'm gonna watch it with my pants off, just so you guys know. Okay, like okay that's cool, cool, cool. that's where yes, I'm at. Sounds great. Yeah, I will. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have. Thanks for hanging out with us here at the Nordies Podcast. And uh, definitely uh, tune into our Thrones cast later this week where we break down episode two of House of Dragon. Until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.